This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 340. So in today's episode, a special treat for my listeners. His last appearance on the show was extremely popular, especially with the photography students that listen to the show. So we have joining us on this episode again today, Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn. CEO, owner, and inventor of the Platypod line of products, and we have an exciting new product to talk about in today's episode. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring Dr. Larry on the call with us. Hey, Dr. Hi, Larry. Liam. <laughs> How are you today? Good, and it's fantastic to have you back. I, I told you, I think once before by email, your last episode was extremely popular, especially with the photography students in my audience. And uh, I knew they'd be excited to have you come back on and talk about your latest product. So welcome back. Well, it's it's really good to be back on your show. And again, thank you for all your support and encouragement, especially on the new Facebook Platypod official users group. I think we've gotten over 1,100 people in on the group. They're learning, they're displaying images. We've got some top photographers there, and you have helped as a moderator, and I truly appreciate all your support. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been in love with Platypod products since your first campaign, and I've, I've actually got, I don't know if I sent the picture to you, and I, I know I sent it to Skip. I've actually got a large pelican box that's all my platypod gear <laughs> can you believe how far we come i don't know if even barbie and ken have as many accessories as we've done now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and your latest your latest item which is on kickstarter right now and of course i'll put the link in the show notes for this episode is super exciting i remember last time you were on the show you told me that you had a new product coming this spring and uh i'm super excited about it you you guys you folks at platypod were kind enough to send me one ahead of time time to test and i absolutely love this new product so let's go ahead and talk about the star of this episode besides you the platypod <laughs> handle <laughs> thank you well this uh originated about three four years ago as an idea because th th this is really interesting there was a product several years ago in the 1990s. This was brought to my attention by one of the sports photographers, something called Exposer. Now, I tried looking it up on Google, tried finding it. Uh, you really can't find them uh, anymore. But there were a series of cylinders, cans, if you would, uh, that would allow you to raise your camera above a tripod or whatever, just by small levels. You can even set it down uh, on a plate if you wanted to, to, uh, you know, some of the sports photographers would sit this on the dugout at a baseball game and use that as a platform. And I said, you know, that would be something really nice to have for a platypod. And I also was looking at uh, camera risers that could go low level, higher level, be adjustable. And one of the easiest solutions was a tripod extender. Now, I don't know if people know what that is, 
But let's say you have a tripod that doesn't have a center column uh, that that rises up and down. And and most of the really high-end professional tripods just have kind of what they call a spider uh, at the top that holds everything together because those little extenders that that come with the tripod sometimes are not that rigid and you don't get a, a good enough hold. Well, I thought, wouldn't this be great to put these concepts together? And once I started with that, I said, you know what else? We've got all this going now with goosenecks and elbows to hold up lights and monitors and and uh, uh, microphones, et cetera. Why don't we incorporate that into the idea as well? So we came up with the handle. And what the handle does that's special that you really can't find in standard tripod extenders is that, number one, it can be broken apart. So you can start with a three inch riser if you would like. And that's really great for macro photography where you've got to get super close to your subject. In fact, I just had a photographer submit some images, which we're going to put out uh, soon in a blog, of salt and pepper uh, fragments. Really super close up where they look like boulders. Uh, Really incredible shot. But this that three inch riser allows you to get your camera right in on top of your subject. Then we go to a six and a half inch riser, which is basically the handle fully assembled. And then it's got a really cool collar lock, which just takes a tiny little twist, maybe an eighth of a turn to unlock. And then the top section will lift up another few inches. So you get a 10 and a half inch extender all topped off with a three eighth inch bolt, which is a standard tripod head mounting bolt. So you can put your tripod head on it or you can adapt it with one of our circular disc adapters, dumb it down to a quarter inch so you can put that right into your camera. It just gives you a lot of flexibility. And that top cap now has eight sockets in it so that you can put in accessories. And we actually had our friend Don Komarechka, the mad scientist of macro photography, uh, did a rig where he put eight devices uh, on this, what I call the octopus, for fluorescent lighting to give a lot of intense light to a photograph of fluorescent flowers. So, yeah, this has really taken off. And uh, what do you think of our Kickstarter now? Uh, the Kickstarter is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's it took off like a rocket, which was very, it made me really happy for you and, and really happy that we had such a large community of people that were willing to back the project. Um, if I remember right, I think your project's goal was $10,000 and it's currently at 84912 with 1,174 backers. And you still have 24 days to go, which is phenomenal. Well, you know, I just really want to get the word out, the word out to photographers. And now we have a new audience, which is vloggers like yourself, because this is a great tool for vlogging. You can put a nice camera on top of it, even an iPhone or or if you want to use a mirrorless camera. But now you can add on light. You can put on a monitor so you can see yourself if your camera doesn't have a monitor that flips all the way around. Uh, some are using HDMI recorders like the Atomos Ninja to mount on top and having everything right there and sitting either on a platypod or even on a tripod. It works with a tripod as well. It gives you one unit that you can pick up, you can move around, you can reposition without having to disturb your setup. The lights are set properly, your microphones, your monitors, everything is set properly, and it moves together all as one unit. 
Absolutely. And one of the things I loved in your release video for the platypod handle was you had a scene with a young woman who had a complete rig with lights and everything set up. And it looked like she was maybe shooting a video for a food channel or something like that. Um, and I thought that was so cool because she had the handle. She had her, I think, her smartphone on it. And she had two lights on it. And she could hold the whole thing in one hand and have a complete video rig for making high-quality videos. And that's just absolutely mind-blowing. Well, you just brought up an important point. People might be saying to themselves, wait a second, if I've got a camera on there, why would I need a smartphone next to my camera? Well, very interesting. I happen to use a product, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with it, called the Arsenal 2 Pro. Yep, I've got it. Okay, and it was also a Kickstarter. I think there were 22,000 people who supported that Kickstarter. Boy, I'd love to get some of them into here. Yeah. But I use this myself to create a photo booth. So what do I do? I set up my camera on top of a ball head on the handle. I put all that actually on a tripod. And now I attach onto that the, the uh, Arsenal 2. Now, you might say, why put the Arsenal 2 on an elbow or a gooseneck? Why not just put that on top of the camera? It has a, a hot shoe clip. So, interesting question. Well, I need the hot shoe when I'm doing photo booth work and I'm using studio lights. I need that hot shoe to support a, um, to support a uh, pocket wizard to fire off the uh, the flashes with. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. And also, interesting with the Arsenal, I don't know if you know this or not, the Arsenal has a position sensor. So when it is positioned horizontally, the image always comes out horizontal on your, whether it's your iPhone monitor, or I use an iPad sometimes. But if you position it vertically, try, try to picture this, I'm taking my images of families vertically in, in, in portrait uh, orientation. Well, when I do that, and then the image is sideways, it, it just doesn't work right. So what the arsenal does is when you position the ar arsenal vertically, let's say using one of our goosenecks, now the picture comes out vertical in the, uh, in the iPad or the iPhone. Try this next time you, you try your, uh, your camera. So many people are used to, you know, uh, to just having it go on horizontally on the camera. Anyway, um, so this really was very, very helpful uh, uh, to me. And I also use another uh, elbow to hold uh, an electric socket to, to plug in my USB devices uh, with so that I can have power for several hours. It's a really nice rig and can move everything out as one. So I think uh, having a phone holder attached near your camera now holds your phone. And now you have your camera on top of the ball head and you've got the complete photo booth. So that answers the question of why would I need a phone together with my mirrorless camera? Oh, I agree. And it's it's actually a fantastic idea. And it's a great way to set your rig up for a photo booth or anything else in a similar fashion that you might want to do and have everything self-contained in one little rig. It's That's what's so wonderful about this new product is with the platypod, if you got one of the platypod tripods and the ball head and the handle and your goosenecks and your lights, I mean, you've got everything you could possibly need in a rig that you can carry, ideally in one hand. Well, that's I mean, what we're about. It's, it's, so it's, having, 
it's having multi-purpose tools. You exactly. know, something that you can throw in your toolkit and you're going to find many different uses for it at what I, I think is a fairly reasonable price uh, over here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the price is incredible. And uh, I made sure I jumped on there as one of the first backers when it launched. Thank you like, so much. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I absolutely got to have another one of those. I got to have at least two. And, and it's funny because when you we were talking about the versatility of your products, anytime I talk to a photographer that isn't familiar with Platypod, or the, you know, especially your flat tripods. I say, well, I always tell them, I say, well, think of it this way. Think of it as a Swiss army knife for photography <laughs> because there are so many things you can do with the platypod. I mean, you've got all the additional ports on the tripods. You got the quarter 20 ports. You got the carabiner clip slots. You've got the, the, uh, the belt slot. So you could strap your platypod to a tree and mount your camera. I mean, it's just basically, that's what I tell people. I'm like, just think of Platypod products as Swiss Army knives for photography. That's the best way to describe them. Well, th thank you very much. And and hopefully lifetime tools. Look, we're building them with quality. As a photographer myself, you know, I try to put into our products that which I wish for myself. And I want something that's going to last. And uh, so we're using top materials and everything and a really solid build. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they're made of aluminum, you don't have to worry about rust, which is awesome. <laughs> They'll last a long time. I mean, it'd oh, be yeah. a lot more expensive to make them out of stainless steel so they wouldn't rust. Plus, it would add more weight to them. Oh, yeah. Uh, stainless steel weighs a lot more. Yeah. And I actually, I've had every version of the Platypod tripod. I've had all of them over the years. And right now, I have three. I have two of the Max and one of the Extreme. And the reason why I don't have all the other ones is I've given them out to other photographers, <laughs> photography students. I'm like, here, try out a platypod. And I just give them one of my old ones that's still in excellent condition, still rugged and durable and ready to go. And, you know, those kids have been using them for years now and they absolutely love them. <laughs> and I, I was just so excited when you guys came up, when you came up with the platypod handle, when, when I first learned about it, I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And Skip was telling me that the, you guys were joking that it looks like a lightsaber handle. Well, I'm, um, a, I'm an old time Star Wars fan. <laughs> now, I, I grew up with Star Wars. So when I, I did this, I said, you know what? Uh, let's let's try to make it look and, and design my own lightsaber. <laughs> Not well, that I'm a Jedi Knight or anything, but yeah. Well, I, I did I did see in the Platypod user group that one of our members actually created a photo, a composite photo, where he was holding the handle and they photoshopped in the laser beam for a lightsaber. Yes, Dave Williams. Yeah, that was really cool. I thought <laughs> in fact, that was if you so want cool. to see that, you go right to the Kickstarter, slide down about halfway down the page, and we we thought we'd throw that in for a little humor. Uh, that, yeah. that image of Dave. That's right. I did see it on the Kickstarter as well. I thought it was fabulous. And, and you've got a lot of people involved in this Kickstarter campaign. You've got Scott Kelby. You've got Moose Peterson. A lot of well-known photographers are in on this because they all just love your Platypod products. Well, this is this is professional level equipment. And this is really for pros and for people who want to shoot like a pro. And uh, I, I think once they get it in their hands, they'll there'll be that kind of ah moment where they'll say, oh, I understand. I need this. You know, it, uh, it's basically like, you know, Steve Jobs old approach of, you know, give people uh, something they never 
knew that they needed. And then when they get it, they realize they can't live without it. And I, I think this is going to be in that category. Oh, absolutely. And when you and I were talking earlier this morning, before we started this episode on the phone, um, I had told you that I shared the information about the handle and your other products with a, a pretty big vlogger on YouTube. Her name's Susie Pratt. Her channel is Gemini Connect. And when I sent her the link in an email for your Kickstarter campaign, she was like, oh, my God, that handle is absolutely amazing. I've got to have one because she does all mostly vlogging videos on her channel, her and her husband. Now, she is a professional food photographer uh, for a lot of the restaurants in Seattle where she lives, and uh, she uses her Sony's and her Fujifilm cameras for that. Uh, but she does mostly vlogging stuff on her YouTube channel, which is up to over 60,000 subscribers. And when she saw that, she was like, oh, I've absolutely got to have one of those. I've already thought of about 12 things I can use it for. So oh, she was okay. really excited. Well, I'm glad you brought up food photography because the Plot system is really ideal for photographers, especially those who want to go on site to a restaurant and want to be able to shoot in a restaurant out having a tripod out on the floor for people to trip over. So do you want to take a minute to discuss, uh, to discuss how this uh, would be applied to food? Yeah, absolutely. I, it was funny because in my initial email to her, I sent her a link to the Kickstarter campaign for the handle. And I said, have you ever heard of platypods? And she emailed me back. She's like, yeah, I've heard of them. They look really awesome, the, the flat tripods. But she's like, I never thought I had a use for them because of the low angle. And I emailed her back and I said, they make the perfect rig for your food photography. You put your goosenecks on there and there's some lights on there. You've got everything self-contained. You can set it right on the table with the food and get right up close and get close-up shots with high detail. And she's like, oh, my God, I never even thought of that. So I'm going to describe for a moment, if you don't mind, a rig. And if, you want, if uh, your uh, listeners want to see how that rig is assembled, uh, they can go onto the Kickstarter, slide down towards the beginning. There's a second video uh, called Platypod Handle uh, Facts, and they can view how this is how this is done. But imagine this: you take your platypod, especially the extreme, which is it's a nice a nice wide base. Clamp that using a four inch clamp, and I I picked. You pick these up for 10 bucks at either Home Depot or, or any local uh, hardware store, and it will clamp onto any edge of a table up to four inches, uh, you know, uh, thick. So that's certainly handle practically any table. I, I do it on these lifetime folding tables uh, that, that I have. So you've got the platform now clamped down, so it's not going to go anywhere. You put on one handle vertically. You can raise that up to 10 and a half inches. You put a tripod head. You could use our platable uh, tripod head or really any tripod head. Then position that down at 90 degrees. Now that's now pointing forward. You then take a second platypod handle, which as you well know, has an ARCA compatible base on it. Yep. So that'll clamp right into any ARCA clamp of a tripod head. Now that is pointing out forward, parallel to the table, 90 degrees to the first handle. You got two handles there, and now you basically got what's tantamount to a copy stand. Extend that out a little bit, and then you can attach your camera onto it either directly with a platypod disc, or if you really want more adjustability, you can put another 
tripod head at the end. Either way will work just fine. And you raise that up right over the table. Now you got a copy stand. You can put a plate there, get a direct overhead shoot. Exactly. That's one wonderful use for, for this system. And you can do it like I recommended by clamping a platypod. Or if you want, you could take this whole rig and put it right on top of your tripod. Take off the tripod head, mount this right on top of the tripod, position the tripod right up against the table, and similarly have a copy stand uh, set up for that. The second use for food, again, is just to use the three-inch riser, which you can disassemble this to, and just have that really close uh, to the food. So food photographers, check this out. It's an amazing tool for you as well. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that blew me away when Skip sent me your initial release video of the platypod handle and what you could do with it was when they did that copy stand rig. I was like, oh, that's so ingenious. That is so great for food photography or any kind of macro photography where you need a top down view where your camera is going to be rock solid. You're not going to have any issues at all. And as a matter of fact, when I saw that preview video, I was going into town later that day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Harbor Freight and I'm going to get me a set of those clamps. <laughs> Let me ask you, Lynn, did you ever own a copy stand? Uh, no, I never did have one myself, but I've seen oh, I, I did. I did. I basically took an enlarger stand. And guys, enlarger, that's something we used in our dark room back in the yeah. dark ages <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to print out our, our photos. But anyhow. Basically, you had a big board, which could be anything from about, oh, about 15 by uh, 20 inches uh, to much, much larger. And then a vertical pole, which was which was screwed into the uh, to the stand at a base. And then at the top, you had an arm coming out and you could attach your camera to that pointing straight down and use it for uh, for copying things. And then lights had to be out at the sides coming in 45 degrees angle towards your subject, because if you had the light coming straight down, it would reflect right back into the camera and wouldn't look good. If you did it 45 degrees, the reflections went off to the sides and you got beautiful copy. But that was tremendous. You can't fit that in a camera bag. You can take this entire rig and practically stick it in your pocket and get the same effect as that humongous copy stamp. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's so awesome about your line of products is they are so portable, so lightweight, yet durable and easy to carry. Uh, I mean, I have, like I said, I have a Pelican box that has all my platypod gear. I have three tripods. I got four goosenecks. I got two of the of the, the clamp assemblies. And I've got both of the platyballs, the Ergo and the Elite. And... So I have them all in that case when I want to take the whole set with me. If I'm going to be out for like an entire weekend or something like that, and I don't want to forget anything, I take them in that case. But if I'm just going out for a day of shooting, you know, I can grab two or three of those items and just stick them in a pocket in a small camera bag. Like I have the Think Tank Mirrorless, Mirrorless Mover 30i, and I can fit all my platypod items that I need in that bag with one of my Fuji cameras. And I'm golden for an entire day of shooting. Absolutely. You know, and we talk equipment and equipment. And I, I guess most of most photographers have, you know, have gas gear acquisition syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know what? The bottom line is it's about the image. It's about having the right tool for the right job so that right out of your camera, 
you get the shot that you want and with minimal need for intervention afterwards in Lightroom or Photoshop. And, you know, I've, I've been using Photoshop now since, I don't know, version three. Uh, <laughs> it's now the equivalent, of, I think, version 25 or so. Uh, and and I like to do it. But still, when you come out with images that look great out of the camera, your life is so much easier. And the images that you finally end up, even if you do end up using Photoshop, uh, th those images are just so much more beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I just, like I said, I love everything that you guys have come out with. Everything is durable, reliable. They last for years. My earliest platypod, the kid I gave it to, he's still using it today. And it's still in fantastic shape. I've just got a few scratches here and there because he's had it out in the field. He's taken out rock climbing and all kinds of things like that. But it's still does its job it's still holds i, up I wear those scratches as a, as a badge of honor yep. let me tell you something you go to you go to a library in someone's home and you see books on the shelf and if those books are clean and unscratched nothing's rustled you know the person never read it exactly and if it's getting scratched up and it's getting beat up a little bit that means you got some use out of it, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because if you see a book where the spine's worn down, it's all creased and everything, you know, they've read it multiple times. That, that's the book you want. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And um, so uh, you talked a little bit about how you came up with the idea for the platypod handle, um, which is fantastic. And I love the fact that you put the eight quarter 20 threaded holes at the top of it for the goosenecks and all of that great stuff. Um, now I got to ask you, I know you're still early in this one yet, but do you have other items down the road that you're coming up with too? Oh yes. I, I could tell you, but I probably have to shoot you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited because I love the fact that you keep coming up with new inventive, reliable, durable, and dependable accessories to help anybody with their photography, videography, vlogging, whatever the case may be your products just cover pretty much everything you could possibly want to do with a camera. Well, I, you know, I look for items that are just not quite out there yet, you know, and I'm not looking to duplicate what's been done. Uh, you know, I, a, a lot of what I'm doing here is for the love of it. People probably think I'm a millionaire or something, but honestly, everything we have made so far has been put back into R and D uh, for, for other products. And hopefully if we do real well in, with this, we'll be able to keep moving forward and, and keep producing new products for the industry uh, that are not currently out there. So I just appreciate everybody's support. Uh, you know, primarily my, my main day job is as a physician. Uh, I, I could have probably done without this, but I just love it. And, and I love the people that I've met along the way, yourself included. Uh, I've gotten to be best friends with some of the top photographers in the country. And after being into uh, photography as an enthusiast myself for over 50 years, this has just been a blast of a ride, which I'm enjoying. Oh, and I can imagine. And that's the thing that's that's so cool about this is you have a fabulous career. You could have easily just, you know, done your career, retired traveled the world, done your own photography, but you're actually giving back to the photography world with your passion for photography and your passion 
for quality photography accessories. And that is something that myself and everyone that's used Platypod products, we really appreciate your dedication to photography. Well, I appreciate those comments. It means a lot to me. You know, there's a lot of trolls out there who love to knock anything that they see. And they 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 really don't see the human element and the effort, the blood, sweat and tears that goes into uh, bringing something like this out that's new and innovative. I'm, I'm very proud to say, uh, you know, the, these ideas have been uh, so uh, revolutionary. I already have uh, five patents on uh, products that we've produced and two more pending and uh gosh i i I wear those as badges of honor too oh you should absolutely and the thing that i love the most getting back to the handle again um is the way you designed it and what i mean by that is i told you before i shoot all of my youtube content with action cameras just because they're compact they're lightweight they're easy to carry they're durable they're waterproof if you drop them in a lake or a river you know, they're, they they just, that's what they're made for. They're made to do that stuff. I don't do extreme sports with mine. I'm getting too old for that stuff. But I do go out in rugged terrain frequently when I'm hiking and stuff like that. And that's why I love having those. And I have tons of accessories for my action cameras. I've got selfie sticks for my action cameras. And there's a couple of companies that made decent selfie sticks that have a rugged, rubberized, big plastic handle. And then the neck that telescopes up is aluminum. However, while aluminum, it could be 10, I'm not sure. The thing about those are, is they're, you know, the old days, you're probably old enough to remember like I am when you had the little telescopic antennas on your cordless phones at home or on on a set of walkie talkies. Those are thin metal tubes. They're not very durable. So even though I have a couple of those style sticks, now that I got a flat pot handle, that's the one I'm always going to take with me. Why? Because if the handle gets whacked by a tree branch, it's not going to snap in half like one of those other ones will. No, the tree's probably in bigger trouble than the handle. (laughs) (laughs) I can believe that. And uh, that's one of the things I especially love about it is because you made it so durable, so thick and lightweight. Um, It's just amazing. I don't have to worry about it. I now have the grip I want when I'm out with my action cameras that I know I don't have to worry about that being a failure point like I did with the smaller, you know, skinnier telescoping ones. You know, you I guarantee you whack one of those against something, it's going to fold right in half and then or snap and then my camera hits the ground. <laughs> well, this this is something uh, as a message to other inventors uh, that I would like to, to give out. And that is, you know, be a little less worried about people copying your ideas. Um, be more concerned about the details satisfying your customers. And what I mean by that is the following. At each step of the way, um, I take my plans, my inventions, and then I take them out to certain photographers. And what I would say certain photographers, a lot of people like to just pat you on the shoulder. Oh yeah, nice idea, I love it, great, yeah, go with that. I want the people who are gonna say, okay, Larry, you're, you're, you're on the right track, but, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I want the criticism and I listen to those criticisms and then we go back to the drawing board and try to incorporate things. And I give special thanks to people like Scott Kelby, to my friend Shiv Verma, 
from Massachusetts to Levi Sim in Utah, who will take my ideas and tear them apart and give me advice and say, you know, you've got to do this, this and that. For example, and if again, I'd refer to the Kickstarter page, uh, go slide down to the bottom under specifications, you'll see attention to detail such as, you know what, I originally started with four uh, sockets at the top for attachments. And then I realized you couldn't always get it out at the angle that you want. And maybe you wanted to have more choices. And so we went to eight and my designer said, yep, I can manage to do eight. So we put in eight sockets. I saw on certain pieces of equipment, certain tripods where you'd have to practically turn a collar lock twice to be able to loosen a leg. And I said, that doesn't, that doesn't go. So we, I actually took one of my very best, a thousand dollar tripod and I sent it to my engineer and I said, this is the type of collar lock that I want, that you just need to give a tiny little twist. And I think you can confirm that this, Liam, that it's only about an eighth of a turn to unlock it and to relock it. And we went and looked at the designs. We didn't, we didn't steal anybody's patent. These are, these are common uh, designs for collar locks, but we put this in. The other thing that made a big, big difference was doing double threading. And I don't know if you know what that is, but there's normally when you screw two things together, there's a helical thread all the way around. Now to find the start of that thread is sometimes difficult, but if you put a double helical thread, two starts to it, 180 degrees apart, well then it's very easy to find one of those two starts. So it's very easy to assemble things together. Avoiding pinch points, very important. If you've ever lowered a tripod column and got your finger caught oh, yeah. in it, you'd know why, why this is so important to avoid cutting yourself or getting blood blisters. We, we put in special uh, avoidance of any pinch points in there, making the base ARCA compatible. Easy thing, I could have done a straight cylinder, but you know what, why not give it one, mo one more way of attaching things? So just taking all these, some of these were my ideas, some of these were ideas that came in from my consultants, but you got to listen to people when you're designing something. Absolutely. And that's how you get the best product is by listening to creative criticisms from other people in the industry. And that's one of the how things, you become a good photographer. Yep, too. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love now that I'm shooting all Fujifilm gear is because Fujifilm is one of the few companies that'll listen to feedback from their customers and then modify the next generation of their cameras, just like you're doing with your right. Platypod products. That's the way to be successful and give your, your customers exactly what they need. Something that's going to fill, something that's going to check off a whole bunch of boxes in their daily life as a content creator. And that's what's so amazing about your products. The fact that you put the, the, the base on the bottom of the handle, I absolutely love that. Pop it in an Arca Swiss tripod head, lock it down, rock and roll. You don't even need to add a plate to it. You can if you want to, but it's not necessary because you already have one built right into the bottom of the handle. That's just, that's ingenious. I absolutely love that. Well, well, Liam, this is starting to sound like an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, because I'm excited about this new product and I want as many people out there as possible to support the campaign and your products. I mean, they are absolutely fabulous. Well, thank you. 
Thank you very much. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more. We covered a lot about the, the platypod handle. And like you said, we're starting to sound like an infomercial. So let's talk about a little bit about your photography. What have you been working on lately as far as your photography goes? Oh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. <laughs> because I've been so busy with this. Uh, and also there was, uh, there's been illness in the family. I have not gotten out enough. So basically right now it's photos of my grandchildren. Uh, that's what I'm working on. Hey, nothing mostly. wrong with that. But by goodness, I'd love to get out for a good vacation. I will tell you this. I, I have one photo that I'm very proud of that I did this past year. Uh, we were out in England at the photography show, TPS, oh, cool. in uh, Birmingham, England. This was back in uh, September. And my friend Dave Williams and I went on a little journey one day. Well, it was actually the day of the Queen's funeral. And the whole country was shut down. There was nothing to do. And uh, Dave said to me, you know what, Larry, Let, let's go on a little adventure. So we took a 30-minute ride over to Stratford-upon-Avon, which is William Shakespeare's hometown. Oh, wow. And the place is empty. A plaza, which normally would be filled with hundreds and hundreds of people, absolutely empty. And I'm looking at this house with lots of character to it. And I said, you know what? I'd, I'd like to get a nice shot. So first I take an overall shot with the sky and everything. I said, okay, that's a cool shot. Well, coming to meet us for this little adventure was uh, our friend Peter Treadway, who's another British photographer. He's a wedding photographer. And Peter uh, decided to bike the 20, 25 kilometers from the photography show over to uh, Stratford, Von Avon. And Peter shows up with this uh, fiberglass compound, like it's a carbon fiber uh, uh, bike that he built himself. The whole thing weighs maybe two pounds. Unbelievable. Wow. But he's also in this very colorful outfit. And I said, you know what? That old home with that character, together with Peter Treadway riding his bike across it with a little bit of a blur in it, would be an awesome photo. So I have Peter driving back and forth across the house and I'm, I'm setting my shutter speeds. I found that about 160th of a second with him going at top speed was just the right amount to get a little motion blur in him and get the, the house nice and sharp. I had it set up on a platypod on the ground with a platypod ball looking up just a little bit so everything looked very bold. And we got an uh, amazing shot. And if you want to view that image, if you go to the blog site uh, on uh, platypod.com, uh, uh, you'll find the blog. Now, the funny thing is, uh, after I did this shoot, I said to Dave Williams, OK, so now where is Shakespeare's house? And he said, Larry, you just took a picture of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we call this image. Shakespeare and spandex. And uh, it really came out very nice. And if you just look up Shakespeare under uh, the blog site, search for Shakespeare, and you'll find uh, a little article on that. 
with the images. It was a great time that we had. So that was my my best image of 2023. <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like it would have been a fun trip and a lot of fun setting up that shot. I'll have to definitely check that out on the on the blog section of the Platypod site. Now, I, I'm jealous because I've always wanted to get over to the UK and I haven't made it yet. My My family... Uh, my biological mother's family is Scottish. My biological father's family is Irish. And on a Scottish side, our our clan still has a lot in Scotland. We have like five castles still. Oh, wow. Um, and as a matter of fact, one of my great, I don't know how many greats it is, but one of my uncles, is act, who's the current head of our clan, is also in the House of Lords. Um, wow. And he's pretty big in the House of Lords. Well, I got to get to you together with Dave. I'm sure he'd be happy to, to go with you and, and visit. He goes up to Scotland very often. Oh, wow. See, I'm jealous because I have one of my friends on Facebook that I've known for years. And it's a funny situation. Her, She's married, but her and her husband like to take separate vacations. So every spring, she goes to Scotland for two weeks and he goes to Alaska with his buddies and goes fishing. Wow. <laughs> and I'm so jealous that she gets to go to Scotland every year and she just gets some absolutely stunning images of all the sites that you can see in Scotland. I mean, she's gotten a, a beautiful landscape photos, you know, she's gotten beautiful architectural photos over there. And I just want to go so bad. I've got a, one of these years, I, my wife and I have just got to get over there. I just recently applied for my passport uh, because I was going to need it at my last IT job. And then the company closed, uh, folded this spring. And so now I'm looking for another IT job, but I have my, I have my passport ordered. I'm just waiting for it to come back. And then I told the wife, we're going to have to get one for her so that we can make serious plans about going to the UK in the near future. Well, UK is great idea. Uh, another, if I, if you don't mind me giving a little plug for Dave, no, uh, go ahead. Dave Williams, uh, a former London constable who's now retired doing full-time uh, photography, young fellow though. Uh, is going to be moving to Norway next year because he's going to be setting up uh, workshops in Norway where, first of all, he's going to teach people how to shoot the northern lights, the aurora borealis. Oh, my goodness. Which Dave has actually written a book on the subject. And also, he's got a bunch of Viking actors who will be doing, uh, who'll be doing model poses uh for people to do to practice their uh, studio work with and they will have that set up in his workshop so uh gosh where can you find dave williams uh i mean i'm just punching into my computer and i think it's should be davewilliams.com i think hang on uh, we'll, no, we'll find no, we'll find that in a minute. I'll, no problem. When you find the link, we'll definitely put it in the show notes for sure. Uh, did you hear about the recent um, incident they had over there in England where a lady was, I think she was trying to vlog or something, and she got too close to one of the king's guards. And she got screamed at. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, yeah. Well, she was uh, she was doing stuff she shouldn't have been doing. I mean. Uh, and I don't blame the guy for yelling at her, but I, he scared the living daylights out of her. There's a, a video clip of it on uh, Petapixel that you can see um, because people uh, what people don't understand. And I want to share this with my listeners in case you do go to the UK at some point in the future. Please do not mess with the King's Guard. 
They're there right. to do I've a got, job. I've got a story. I they're got not. A story they're not that. part of a tourist attraction like all the Americans seem to think they are. I got a story about that one for you in a sec. By the way, I did find it's idavewilliams.com, I-D-A-V-E-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com. And if you just go to just go to his website, you're going to see some amazing photos that he's got there, especially photos of the Vikings and the photos of the Auroras. Um, But let me give you my story about the uh, about the palace guards at Windsor Castle. Go for it. Uh, When I was in my teens. I spent a few days in uh, England, and I decided to take a trip out to Windsor. I wanted to see the Windsor Castle. And I go out there, and at the gate is one of these guards with the the two-foot-tall black fur hats on and chin strap right on his his chin. And I'm standing there taking some images. And then there's these two British, I guess, blokes, they call themselves. (laughs) And they said, "Would would you like to see us make him laugh? I said, are you allowed to do that? I said, no, but we can do it anyway. And they were just making jokes and stuff. And I'm shooting photo after photo. Would you know it? The the, the guard cracks the biggest smile and broke out laughing. And I got this on, I got this on an image. I developed it in black and white. And I still have that photo from oh, several years ago. But uh, yeah, that... We didn't get arrested, not in those days. Well, but that's you have good. To be very careful with stuff like that. You, if if you go to uh, if you go to Washington D.C. to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, if you are disrespectful in any which way, making noise, standing up when you're not supposed to be, or doing anything, oh, you'll get yelled at by that guard. Oh uh, yeah, right. Absolutely, and it's and it's because you have to show the proper reverence that's and correct. give the proper respect. And like I was saying a moment ago, Americans have this misconception that while they used to be called the Queen's Guard, and of course, Charles is the king now since his mother passed away. So they're the King's Guard. As of yesterday. Yeah, but they're (laughs) not a tourist attraction. They are there to do an extremely important job. They protect the king. They're highly trained professionals. Their, Their uniforms may look maybe colorful, look really cool, but they're not to be messed with. They're not there. For Americans' amusement, they're there to do a job. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's insane what some of these people will do when they go to visit other countries. Um, I'm trying to think what else we can talk about to wrap up this episode. We're at about 45 minutes now. I, I think we're pretty good here. <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think we've pretty much hit on everything for today. Um, and again, I'm going to make sure for my listeners that we have the Kickstarter campaign link in the show notes, as well as Dave's website in the show notes. Um, I'll also put in all of the socials for Platypods. So you can check them out. And of course, uh, your website, if you want to share your website. I think I have it from last time, but I'll have to go back and check again. Oh, my uh, personal images? Yeah, because you have some beautiful images that you've captured. Over okay, so it's uh, L, J is in James, M, D. Okay. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. L, J, T, M, D, dot smugmug, dot com. Oh, okay. So it's fairly easy one. Cool. So that's an easy one to remember. That's not bad at all. 
Uh, yeah, because I went to your site before when you and I got in touch uh, several months back and you came on the show and you've got some absolutely beautiful images on there. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, of course, you've been doing it a long time like I have. You've actually been doing it a few years longer than I have. I, I'm at about 40 years doing photography, not always as a paid professional. Sometimes I just did it as a hobby. Um, but I've done it both ways, you know, getting paid for a living as well as just doing my own stuff. And, um, you have some great images. And it's funny cause you remind me of my one friend, uh, who lives out in Utah. He's one of Levi Sims buddies and that's Jeff Harmon. And he and his wife have really taken off with their photography business, but he still has a day IT job like I do. And he still doesn't call himself a professional photographer. He's like, no, I'm just an amateur hobbyist. But he has some absolutely stunning images that he's done over the years. And uh, so do you as well on your website. Some well, absolutely you. beautiful work. All right. I guess we can wrap this episode up. I want to thank you once again, Dr. T, for coming on the show and talking about your new product and talking about Always a pleasure. photography. Um, I absolutely appreciate it. And I was there watching the entire grid episode when you guys launched the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I got a little bit frustrated. I know it's Scott Kelby's show, but I was like, come on, hurry up and get the Dr. Larry. <laughs> I want to see that part. I want to see that part. I thought especially the the, the part that was most interesting was where uh, Eric Kuna was talking about frying his two cameras yeah. uh, with the uh, Artemis uh, launch. Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> definitely intriguing. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but they had the same thing happen with that one recent SpaceX launch where the Starship exploded shortly after takeoff. That was it. That was that was the one. Was that the one? Yeah, because yeah. that wiped out a whole bunch of cameras on other photographers. Well, it was the, the liftoff that wiped out the cameras. The explosion was something that was almost expected. If it, it was almost expected that the uh, rocket was going to go a little bit off course, and as soon as it goes a little bit off course, automatically it it explodes. So they they kind of expected that to happen, but uh, the liftoff was really was really the uh, the main project of that uh, uh, of that uh, the, the main goal of that project. So was the explosion not actually a malfunction but like a self-destruct? Yes. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't realize. I that. talked to Eric about that and yes, that it, it was it was part of the plan. It was a, there was a 50-50 chance that they expected that to happen. Oh, okay. Well, I know uh, I remember it wasn't an accidental explosion that it did go off course. So then the next the next uh, part of the protocol was to blow up the rocket. Oh, OK. Safety features, I'm assuming. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I saw that article on Petapixel about all the cameras that got destroyed <laughs> as a result of that. <laughs> right. Because I guess it hurled concrete quite a ways. The, 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 the sheer heat of it, and I, I spoke to Eric about it also, this is something that happened with one of the original uh, Apollo rockets. Uh, they kind of miscalculated the amount of heat coming out. Eric said that that you know, everything was mounted onto a concrete base, so you couldn't even put things uh, underground, such as a, uh, a remote uh, hard drive uh, to, to wedge it underground. He said the entire concrete base, concrete base melted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> such such a heat. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah the, the, I think the article on Petapixel was $40,000 in camera gear destroyed at a SpaceX launch. Well, at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one guy said he lost like eight GoPros. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because the GoPros are so popular in the space industry. Because um, yeah. I used to work at Virgin Orbit and we always had multiple GoPros. Um, mounted on our launcher one vehicle. So it was right. just crazy how many GoPros they went through. 
right? But they are a handy camera for that. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know what? In in Hollywood, where you know they, they're dealing dealing with equipment that's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, wasting a GoPro is not a big deal for them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is a lot of your studio production work is being done now with action cameras and drones and people just don't realize it. Um, right. As a matter of fact, DJI just announced their Inspire 3, which is their third generation of their commercial drone for studio work. And I remember when the first one came out, I was really interested in it, but I was like, I'm not going to be that serious that I'm going to spend $5,000 for an Inspire 1 drone. And then I read the article on the Inspire 3 and the base price for this thing is like 16, 18 grand. I was like, holy oh cow. But I, I just recently got into, into drone flying myself, mostly to have some fun with my grandkids. And I invested in a, a DJI Mini, uh, Pro, Mini 3 Pro and I got to tell you, that little thing is a load of fun. And the images you get from there are unbelievable. And I mean, look, $1,000 is still $1,000, but it, you know, it, it, it's not a tremendous expense like a $16,000 camera. So, if, you know, somebody wants to just start getting into drone flying, uh, you know, that that's a nice way to start. Oh, absolutely. And if you just get the, like the Mini 3 base model, you know, you can get one of those for six, seven hundred, I think, or something like that. Um, if you don't want to go quite as expensive, but it's like I've told people and I've talked about it before here on my show. The, the mind blowing thing about the commercial drones is the amount of money it saves a studio or a production company, because right. people don't realize in the old days, I call them the old days. <laughs> when, you do helicopters. Yeah. When you wanted to get aerial shots for a TV show or a movie, you had to rent a specially equipped helicopter along with the cameras and the camera operators. And that ran a studio anywhere between 50,000 and $250,000 per mm -hmm. each day of filming. Mm -hmm. so very sure. expensive for so for a studio to go out and drop 50 grand on three or four of these inspire three drones that they can use over and over again that's no big deal right because they're right. still saving a ton of money on their production costs yep. and you're still getting unbelievably high quality footage that's the amazing thing about them now i've never had the mini or the mavic i know is super popular the last one i had was the phantom three professional mm -hmm. and i absolutely loved it it was a lot of fun but I got to the point where uh, when I first got into real estate photography, I thought I was going to use it more. But the company I was working for subcontracted all their vi drone video work out to another company. And so after working with them for like four years and not having any use for my drone other than playing around with it, I was like, all right, enough of this. I'm just going to trade it in with some of my DSLR gear, get my medium format system, which I went ahead and did. And I used that for my book that came out. Um, but I just... Drones are great, but I'm like, I'm probably not going to buy another one just because I've had my fun with them. Um, and, you know, they're not super expensive, but it is an expense if you're not going to have a way to recoup your money off it. Um, so that's why I, I I would love to have a Mavic or a Mini, but I don't think I probably ever will. Unless I yeah. come up with a need for it again. Understood. And the sad thing was about six months after I traded in my drone, the real estate company I was working with, they're like, hey, you got a drone. You want to start doing drone footage for us? And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that six months ago before I uh, traded it in? Uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yep, because I wanted to do drone stuff for them for the five years I'd been working for them. And now they had it outsourced to another company. And then I get rid of my drone. And six months later, they wanted me to start doing drone footage for them. 
There's an old song that said, don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. <laughs> it ends with they pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Exactly. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> well, thank you again, Dr. Chief, for coming on the show this week and uh, talking about your new product and what you've been up to and and a little bit about how you come up with your concepts for your new products. That's always insightful. And I know my student listeners, especially, they love to listen to episodes like this. Um, where they can find out a little bit more about the behind the scenes, the thought process, and how you come up with a cool new product like the Platypod handle. Thank you. All right. You have yourself a wonderful day, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk by email or something down the road. Uh, but you have yourself a wonderful day and spend a lot of time with those grandkids. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good one, Liam, and thank you again for the honor of being here on your show. Absolutely. You're always welcome back, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. So that is going to wrap up episode 340 with Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn, CEO, owner, and inventor of all of the wonderful Platypod products. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, once again, that's going to wrap up the Liam Photography Podcast, episode 340. Be sure to check out all the links in the show notes. Head on over to the Kickstarter page and place your order for the Platypod handle and head on over to platypod.com and check out all the other wonderful products that Dr. T offers in the Platypod ecosystem. And I'll also have the link in there to Dr. T's personal work as well as Dave Williams' site so you can check out those for yourself. Also, please remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new content drops. And I will see you all again on Sunday.